Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to this edition of a Thursday afternoon Bible study. I'm Bill Allen, minister at West Irwin Church of Christ. Glad to have you along for the ride. We're going through a couple of daily devotional books, as you probably know, if you've been following us this year. Uh, one of them, a book on the Psalms, which we cover on Thursdays, and another one by uh, Oswald Chambers, My Utmost for His Highest, and that's what we're looking at today. Each, uh, each time I go through the previous week's readings and pick out uh, two or three of the day's readings and kind of focus on them, and today we're doing that from the perspective of habits and cultivating habits, not just in our daily lives, which we always do, but specifically in our spiritual lives. Did you ever think of obedience as being a habit? Well, I know watching these videos and these Bible studies and taking part in them is kind of a habit for some of you, such as my friends Eric and Cindy Mosley that just signed on and said hello, hello to you as well. I loved getting to see you across the aisle on Sunday and uh, giving you a little wave and a smile, and I appreciated that back. Wonderful to see y'all and several other of you that I know watch. Some of you sign in and say hello. Every once in a while, I'll hear from somebody that just says, hey, I follow you. I never say anything, but I follow you on Facebook and watch your Bible studies. And that gives me such great encouragement. Um, as we consider the idea of habits today, um, you know, sometimes those can be good habits and sometimes not so much. <laughs> but I want us to talk today about uh, obedience and being faithful to God and doing that as a matter of uh, that comes so naturally to us that you might be able to consider it a natural habit. Uh, we talked in our staff meeting today at uh, in our church staff meetings, which we have every Tuesday morning. We have a devotional that the ministers take turns leading, and this month it's Eric Thornton, and he's sharing some wonderful and challenging thoughts with us. And this morning, uh, he talked about that term, that phrase, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And the idea of that and some of the, the, the kind of difficulties and failings of that little motto and some of the positives as well. Uh, but one of the things that we talked about today was uh, how, you know, you can't really know exactly what Jesus would do if he were here today. You can know what his teaching is and what his life's example was, and so that helps, and I think it's still a good question uh, to ask. But I also realized, and I appreciated Eric bringing that out uh, today, that uh, one of the things that we do as he was talking about how we do respond, you know, how do we respond in a, in a situation? We make a lot of decisions and a lot of choices. Some of them are more significant than others, but every day we make a ton of those. And how do we know we're going to do the right thing? How do we know when the pressure's on in one of those really urgent, uh, instantaneous, it seems, momentous decision-making uh, moments? Well, I think as Eric shared, it's, it's what we do all the time. Are we pointed towards Jesus? Are we living faithfully to him each day? Are we seeking to that those decisions and choices we make are the ones that he would want us to make as best we know from studying his word and from prayer and from the guidance and counsel of trusted friends and church leaders. So it's interesting to me that this past few days, Oswald Chambers in his book actually spoke about some related topics, but from the perspective of habits. And he had a few different lessons about that. 
The first one, it was entitled The Habit of Having No Habits. <laughs> that sounds like preacher talk to me, doesn't it to you? Um, but he quotes a verse from 2 Peter chapter 1, and I wanted to read the whole passage. He quotes just one part of one verse. But listen to these words, and you probably have read this passage many times and have probably covered it in Bible studies. I know a few years back in our summer series here at West Irwin Church, we had these this passage as our theme for that summer, and each time, each week, we had one of these um, great spiritual truths that we shared and emphasized. So, First Peter, or, I'm sorry, Second Peter one, Second Peter one, starting at verse five. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. And then note what he says in verse 8. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you have these things in increasing measure, another version, if these things are yours and abound, if you're growing in these things, at the end of this book of Second Peter, Peter will tell us that we should grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So what habits, what habits are you cultivating and developing as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ? As you have all of these characteristics I just read in increasing measure, what does that mean? Well, we'll share a few thoughts about that today. There are times, Chambers writes, when we are aware of becoming virtuous and godly, but this awareness should only be a stage we quickly pass through as we grow spiritually. In other words, it becomes more of a natural thing to us. We're so natural that we're not even really aware of it. It's almost like we're not really doing it even consciously anymore. And one of the things that he brings out is if we stop at this stage where we're very much aware of the good that we're doing and the faithfulness that we're practicing, then we will develop a sense of spiritual pride. And I think that's right. We look to the things that we do or the bad things that we don't do, and we say, hey, boy, I'm, I'm kind of like that man in Jesus' parable. Remember the Pharisee and the publican or tax collector? Uh, the Pharisee that was well-respected by all the Jews in Jesus' parable, of course, story, uh, beat his breast and um, looked up to heaven and said, you know, God, you're really lucky to have me on your team, so to speak. I don't do all these bad things. I do all these good things. I'm not even like that tax collector over there. Well, that kind of pride at those good habits and what he talked about were good things, no doubt. But he didn't have the humility that the publican had, the tax collector had, because he stopped at this stage where he was growing in these spiritual characteristics and these habits, but they were not coming natural to him. In our discussion this morning, uh, Tucker, one of our other ministers, Tucker Sullivan, uh, shared that it's, it's the difference between just being defined by the things that you do versus being defined by your identity. And so if we have our identity in Jesus Christ, then we're not pointing to the things that we do or the bad things that we don't do, but rather we're pointing to Jesus and we're just saying, this is, this is who I am. And so naturally, this is how I live. Well, that takes a long time to develop that kind of, of identity. And that's what we should all be uh, striving toward. Uh, with godly habits is to immerse in the life of the Lord. 
till they become such a spontaneous expression of our lives that we are no longer even aware of them. Maybe you're there already. You're such a, a, a wonderful, mature, humble Christian that you don't make a big deal about it, but this is just who you are. It's, it, it's not like you have to try real hard to do the right things, although we all have our struggles, but it's more of just that something that comes naturally. It's that spontaneous expression, and, and you, don't, you, you almost do it without thinking about it. How does that happen? Well, it happens by doing the right things every day making the right choices, making the good choices, being willing to put others before yourself, being willing to put God's word uh, first of all and giving it the highest priority. And then as you go through each day and you're faced with those decisions, you, you get it. A lot of families uh, have grown up uh, attending church and uh, worship services. And these days that's becoming less and less prevalent and that's very disturbing. Because I remember, you know, when our kids were little, they didn't have to ask, are we going to go to church tomorrow? We always did. I mean, unless somebody was sick or we weren't going to go. And granted, we were the preacher's family, but I know a lot of church families that that was, that was the way they lived. We have a lot of them here in our church. I'm sure you do in your church, too. It wasn't a question of, well, are we going to go to church tomorrow or not? Are we going to go to church this Sunday or not? We're going to go to Bible class Wednesday night or not. We just went. It was what we did. And it became one of those things that was just the natural schedule. Uh, it was something that was assumed was going to happen. And I think that's a good thing. And if you don't have that in your family right now, then I think you should ask yourself some questions. Or perhaps you don't have it in your own life right now. Uh, I, I think if you're not sure that you're going to be at church this Sunday... I think that's cause for concern, um, not because there's anything glorious or wonderful about being at church. I do think that God calls us and commands us to do that because we need it and because others need us to be there for encouragement's sake. But it's not something we take pride in. It's not something that, that justifies us. It's something that we do because of the love of Christ in our lives. It's something we do because that's who we are. That's our identity. That's the habit that we have developed. Are you in the habit of attending church services? Are you in the habit of reading your Bible every day? Every day. Are you in the habit of praying to God regularly throughout the day? And uh, maybe you pray first thing in the morning or you fall asleep praying and people have asked me, is that okay? I feel guilty about doing that. No, 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 don't feel guilty. It's wonderful that you would be talking to God as the last moment of your awake uh, day. I think that's uh, wonderful. One of the things that um, Chambers warns about is taking that Christian habit that's a good thing and then glorifying it and turning it into your God. The habit of prayer or Bible reading at certain times of your day, he says, is a good thing, but be careful that you're not um, that you're not worshiping that habit rather than the God that has called you to live that way. Uh, love means, he says, that there are no visible habits, that your habits are so immersed in the Lord that you practice them without realizing it. Does that describe you? I hope it does. I hope it does. 
because that's what we should all be. We should all be striving to do the word of God and the will of God. And it becomes such a habit with us that it's such a natural response that we do it without even realizing it. I realize that there are some things that we're going to be faced with that require us to give it some thought and make a decision. And we have a choice. Satan's going to always be tempting us. I get that. But hopefully we understand that the decisions that we make day in and day out to follow Christ and to do things that like he wants them to will be a big help for us when that time comes and we are called upon to make a very clear uh, decision uh, to either follow Jesus and do his will or to go a different way, typically to do uh, to go our own way. Because typically when we're disobeying God, it's because it's what we want, even though we know it's not what God wants. And the only way we can know that is this right here. That's the only way we can know it, is studying God's word and continuing to try to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to have all of these wonderful things, faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, um, affection for one another, love, have them, but not just have them, have them in increasing measure. Continue to grow in them. Uh, we continue to make those aspects of our lives, those characteristics that, that describe our character more a part of our identity, more a part of who we are. Um, we want to be willing to take what our conscience is telling us to do, if it's built on the Word of God, and be sensitive enough to hear that and then faithful enough to actually do it. Uh, there's a quote from 2 Corinthians 4, verse 10 in this week's reading, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our Bible, in, in our body, rather. And he has a great, great quote here. Um, he says, The only thing that will enable me to enjoy adversity is the acute sense of eagerness of allowing the life of the Son of God to evidence itself in me. No matter how difficult something may be, I must say, Lord, I am delighted to obey you in this. Uh, that's, a, that's a difficult thing because our circumstances uh, sometimes are what God uses uh, to help us to grow and to give us the opportunity to let the Spirit of Christ be manifest in our own body, in our own actions. Uh, sometimes we go through adversity for one reason or another, and God can use that time to strengthen us, to mature us, and to help us to be more faithful uh, to Him. Uh, again, we want the things of Christ to be seen in us. We want to be faithful uh, to Him. And I love this quote, probably my favorite quote from this week's reading. You did not do anything... Uh, to uh, earn your salvation, but you must do something to exhibit it. I think that's one of the things that I found in years and years of ministry that people really struggle with. The difference between the good things that we do, the good habits that we make, living faithfully to Christ and obeying His Word, the difference between that and trusting in that obedience and those things that we do, those habits we develop for our salvation, because that's not where our salvation lies. We don't do anything 
to achieve or to earn or to deserve our salvation. Christ did that on the cross, and we respond with faithful obedience in the response of faith. We're baptized into Christ, buried with Christ through baptism into death, and raised to live a new life. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about that new life. And a part of that new life is cultivating habits of faithfulness, developing habits of faithful obedience. You did not do anything to earn your salvation, but you must do something to exhibit it. Uh, that uh, aspect of Christ Jesus must be manifested. It must be seen in your own life. Do people see that? Hopefully they do. We spoke in our Bible class this last Sunday morning about that great passage in 1 Peter 3 that says, always be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks you about the hope that you live with. Do it with gentleness and respect, but be ready. Now, why would they ask us why we have hope? Well, it's because the, the hope of Jesus Christ is being made manifest. It's being seen in our lives. It's being seen in the habits that we demonstrate every day, not because we want people to think we're wonderfully spiritual or great faithful people. We are pointing them to Christ through our faithful lives. And so we're, we're trying to encourage them to ask, why do you live that way? And the answer is <laughs> that one word answer, as we said Sunday morning in class, that all the kids know is the right answer when the teacher asks a question, and that simply is Jesus. No matter what the question, that's the answer. And when people ask you about the hope that you have, hopefully you're living that way, first of all. You've developed some habits to where enough people see that hope in your life. And so when they ask you, in this day and time especially, it's so crazy, how can you live with such hope and such joy? How can you be so kind to people who are not necessarily kind to you or anybody else? The answer is Jesus. Jesus has had an impact on my life. And because of that, I want to try to let his spirit and his will be seen every day in my life. It doesn't save us because we're already saved. His blood has washed away all of our sins. But we want people to see his love and his word lived out in our lives. Uh, that's how we want to live. Uh, we don't want to be grumpy grouches. We don't want to be anxious people that are so afraid and paranoid about the way things are and what's going to happen tomorrow that we have no assurance when we sing that great hymn, Blessed Assurance. It's a lie <laughs> because we don't feel assured at all. And that's so sad. Jesus has promised us that we'll have trouble in this world, but he's also promised us and told us that he's overcome the world through his death and burial and resurrection. And as the saying goes, we can take that to the bank. We can trust in that. And that's what our trust is in, not in our lives, but in the life and death and resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so because of that, every day we try to fulfill his will for our lives. We try to do what his word says and faithfully obey, not perfectly because we sin, but trying to do what's right and trying to do the very best that we can. I hope and pray that as you're developing habits every day in your life, that you're thinking about the habits you're developing that Jesus would want you to have, that the scriptures call you to have, not that you can take spiritual pride over someone else, but so that they can see Christ living in you 
as Galatians 2.20 says, so that they can see your body given over to obedience to Christ as a living sacrifice, as Paul says in Romans 12. What kind of habits are you developing and cultivating? I hope one of those is prayer. And if you are uh, a praying person, and I assume that you are if you're watching this video, I hope that you'll give a little shout out to God for my brother, Wayne Lewis. He's in surgery right now, actually. He's having a very serious surgery on his ankle uh, and involving much more than just that. And so I'd appreciate you saying a prayer for my brother, Wayne and Julian, and for their family in these anxious moments. Um, and let's close out today with a prayer. Father, thank you for the saving grace of Christ. Thank you for the blessed assurance that we have, not because we've earned it or deserve it, but because in spite of our sins, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and through our accepting that, through the response of faith, of believing and changing our lives and confessing that faith and being baptized into Christ, that we can actually know that we are saved. Father, we're grateful for that, and we pray that our lives will be a demonstration of that. We pray that people will see that in our lives. Father, there are many who are struggling today, and, and I just pray today, and um, maybe a little bit selfishly, uh, that you would bless my brother and my sister-in-law and my sister and all of our family as uh, we're a little bit concerned for our brother, and we pray that you would bless Wayne and those that are ministering to him today. I know, Father, in fact, our prayer list this morning in our staff meeting was so long. And so I pray, Father, that you would be with those that need you in a special way tonight or today and that you would bless them through the night and through the days ahead. Father, help us every day to cultivate habits so that as we consider the right things to do, that uh, because we do them every single day, it becomes more and more something that uh, we do without thinking, that we do naturally, because that's who we are. We pray these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for letting me ask for a prayer for my brother, and I hope that you'll continue to remember them throughout today and throughout this week. And I look forward to being with you on Thursday as we get back into the Psalms. God bless.